It's all about Southampton. The So So Show with Zoe Hansen and Simon Clark. Hello and welcome to The So So Show. It's Southampton's podcast, a weekly dose of news and life in the city, hosted by her, Zoe Hansen. And him, Simon Clark. This week, we have a conversation about men's health, which could save your life or the life of someone you love. Yeah, it's very easy to get wrapped up in... Um very easy to get wrapped up in what what's happening to you but the first thing that well certainly for me the first thing that happens when you hear that cancer word is it it takes away your dream that's five minutes that i really would urge you to listen to and we'll uh, we'll get into that a bit later on Meanwhile, how's your week been, Zoe? Well, the week has been amazing because Southampton comes alive at the beginning of September. It's the Boat Show! I take it you And we still call it the Boat Show, don't we? It's Southampton International Boat Show. The 52nd International Boat Show. Oh, there we go, there we go, right. proper title. Oh, my gosh, and now we've probably got a sponsor that we should have put in there. uh, Are you having a flashback now (laughs) for your old life? (laughs) I should have written that in red, shouldn't I? have to read out (laughs) but you know look the Southampton Boat Show is you know it's the biggest I think it's the biggest in Europe but it's humongous so they build these great big pontoons they've got like 10 sun seekers on the water and it's gigantic it's just wonderful to see all of these things and all of these people but I have one tip for you wear comfortable shoes because there's a lot of walking involved. Oh, yeah. Like, if I could have taken one of those voice scooters round there, I would be quite happy to do that. <laughs> you talk about the size of it. I've seen some photos that have been taken from the water looking back at the site. Yeah. And and there's a cruise ship in the background. Yeah. And it's like, we've built this boat show around the cruise ship. <laughs> And I look at it and I think, well, if they want to get that out, they're going to have to move all of these pontoons and everything else. It's going to be a nightmare. It's like when you get to a party, you got if you want to leave early, make sure your car's the last one on the drive. Right, right. But they do say as part of this year's event, they want to get 14,000 people out on the water. Claire Elliott is running the Try a Boat scheme. Try a Boat is an event aimed to get people on the water. Perhaps people who've never been on the water before or people who maybe do power, have never done sail. Um, and it's just about putting smiles on faces, getting everybody inspired and fused to be on the water. So we've got four ribs, um, which take a range of different people. We've got a small motorboat, we've got two 40-foot sailing yachts, and we've got two keel boats. So lots of different crafts and vessels to try. And along with the boats, of course, there's the stand-up paddle boarding too. Yes, you can. So I went out on a rib and they take you out. They just have a quick whiz round, but I've never had a quick whiz round Southampton sort of port end and actually to go out on a rib and then go past the cruise ship that are in the dock it was amazing it was fantastic and it's all completely free so if you're going to the boat show go and try a boat and i imagine seeing the other side of the container terminal must have been quite enlightening no but it is though because it's gigantic (laughs) and one of the other things they've done this year is they brought the entrance to the boat show into western esplanade you know the food bit of westkey (laughs) yeah we always call it the food bit you know westkey the food bit yeah yeah That's where the entrance is. Right. So where the spritz bar 
and the maze, the Enchanted Labyrinth, were. That is now the entrance for the boat show. It's all very COVID safe. You have to do a, a test in the morning and then you take along all of your proof and all of that stuff. And I've seen a lot of retailers are now in that walk down past the castle walls. Yes. So they've moved that out of the boat show site, put it into that bit yep. now. Yep, you got it. The first thing I saw was it's like surfboards, but they've got motors on them. I suppose like a scooter uh, or like a wakeboard, like a scooter cross with a wakeboard. Let's call it that. Okay. Yeah, they're selling those there. There are stand-up paddle boards, so many of them. Mm. It just shows how much they've taken off because two years ago, you wouldn't really have seen those at the boat show. No. But now, yeah, they're absolutely flying. Have you been anywhere else or done anything else apart from the boat show? Loads going on at the moment. And and I feel like it's it's that back to normality, back to routine thing. So kids have gone back to school after what felt like 18 months off but everybody's back in routine and today I have come from the Business Innovation South show at the Hilton GS Bowl so Lara Ball we spoke to her about a year ago now Um, they couldn't do it last year but they've put on a show this year and it was amazing totally buzzing it's like people have got an 18 month pent up need to be with people You know, to stand with four of you around in a circle and have a chat, it's just the loveliest thing ever. We didn't realise how much we missed it until we went back, right? Excellent. (laughs) We've missed people. But yeah, 350 people in the big ballroom at the Hilton Aegeus Bowl. Just wonderful. What's the standout moment for you from that show then? The standout moment was uh, there's a company called TaylorMade um, and they are sort of IT solutions. Um, And we did a TikTok. (laughs) And why not? Well. I've I've worked at these shows for, for years and years. And you know what? The stand that is the most entertaining always gets the most people, right? And that's where you get the most communication. However, the other thing is, if you have an exhibition going on, if you have a stand there, make sure you've got food because everybody goes towards. So we got, uh, I was walking around, I got cakes, I got chocolates, I got pens, (laughs) but nobody does those little fluffy bugs anymore. That's a shame. It is, isn't I it? I used to collect those when I was a teenager. Did you? Do you know what? I f- what a life you've had. I found my bug collection a couple of weeks ago. You've still got it? Well, I don't know what to oh do with it. Oh my gosh. Get rid of it. That's what you want to but do yeah, with it. I think there's so many of them. Surely someone's going to want these. I don't think they're going to stick to anything. <laughs> What's the other option? Come Just on. stick them in the bin and forget about them. You're not going to take them to auction, are you? No. Christie's of London are not going to be interested. <laughs> Maybe it's either time. that or a display cabinet. Come on, we got to do something. <laughs> well, maybe a toy museum might want them because they're that kind. They of... won't. I'm telling you now, <laughs> they won't. All right, bin liner it is. <laughs> Let's introduce you to our guest this week. His name's Guy. He's from Winchester, and he's part of a campaign called Action Man, which is a men's health campaign encouraging men to be aware of some of the signs and symptoms of cancer. This is worth a listen because in the next five minutes you could help save your life or the life of someone you know. Basically it's part of the wonderful work that Wessex Cancer Trust do and Action Man is a campaign to try to get men to be more aware of what's happening with their with their bodies and to go and see a doctor sooner rather than later because literally 
days, hours, etc., can make a difference between life and death. Cancer doesn't care who you are, male, female, black, white, young, old. It just wants you dead. And sometimes it's stupid and it gives you clues. And if you're able to pick up on those clues and act on them, then yes, you can you can walk away having beaten it. That's the point of Action Man. It's getting men to realize that there's something wrong and they really need to see the doctor without worrying about pride or anything like that, but just to get it sorted because it's not just yourself, it's the family as well that's affected by this. But don't leave it too late is really the key. And you speak very eloquently about this, and that's because your story is personal to you, but you're quite open about it all. I'm very open about it, and I've spoken at a number of places about it to companies and and gatherings because it's still one of those taboo subjects, Zoe. Yeah. Um, And it needn't be because it affects so many men. And when you think that one man dies every 45 minutes from prostate cancer, it is a it's a frightening statistic. So the average bloke watching a football match, by the time it's come to the end, two people have died of prostate cancer. And it, it just needs it just needs to be highlighted that people need to listen to their bodies and react to it. So what's your story? In a, in a nutshell, um, I'm a prostate cancer sufferer. Mm-hmm. And back in 1991, my, my father, who at a similar age to me, um, he was diagnosed with it purely by accident. He fell over, was x-rayed. It was discovered, but within a couple of uh, couple of months, he was dead. So I was aware of the symptoms that he never had. And as soon as I started getting those symptoms, I reacted to it because I know that if you've got a, a father, brother or whatever, if, there, if there's a history of it in your family, then you need to do something about it. You need to be checked regularly because the chances of you getting it go up. So I went to see my doctor. Did he you, were you aware of any of those things beforehand? No, it, always, okay. it had always been in my mind. Probably like many men today, it's not something you really pay attention to until it affects you. It's, it's things like going to the loo during the night. I would go to the loo about five, six, seven times a night. Or, you know, even during the day, you go to the loo and sometimes it's difficult to, to pee. Or you have a pee and sometimes it takes a while. Right. Or you, you then, you know, get off the loo and you feel like you want to go back again half an hour. It's things like that. It's not necessarily pain related. It's that sort of thing. But a lot of people just put it down to, oh, I'm getting old, you know, I need to right. need to weed more. It's not necessarily the case, but I recognised that as a sign and knew I needed to do something about it. So I went to see my doctor. He sent me along for an MRI, which came back negative. Um, but And this is this is key. Again, you know, it's, it's all well and good going to see your doctor, but you should still question things. I knew within a few days that the scan was wrong. Maybe, you know, maybe it was the day before the tumour appeared, you know, in my luck. But um, I went back and said, I don't care what the scan says. I know there's something wrong with me. He listened, sent me to a consultant, and I would not leave the consultant's office until he had agreed to um, give me a biopsy, which is basically taking part of the prostate away and, and testing it. By this time, there's a system in prostate cancer called the Gleason scale, and the, the higher the number, the more aggressive it is. And I was called a well, couple of days later, totally not expecting because I thought everything was okay, was told that I'd got highly aggressive prostate cancer that was 9 out of 10 on the scale and something needed to be done immediately. And I do remember sitting with the uh, 
sitting with a consultant, and as soon as he said, you've got advanced prostate cancer, I asked him to write everything down because yeah. you hear that word. and You're not boom, taking you know, anything else in. No, your mind goes elsewhere. Uh-huh. And since, since then, I've had radiotherapy, chemotherapy, uh, radiation treatment, two trial drugs, all desperately trying to extend my life, basically. I was given five years. Um, and that was four and a half years ago. To all intents and purposes, I should be dead by June next year. That's not going to happen because the, the team that look after me down at Southampton are absolutely superb. There was a bit of a, a bit of a curveball in January because I developed two brain tumours as well. My gosh. Um, it came as a little bit, bit of a shock. Um, and then the following day was told by my oncologist that my main cancer had mutated again and, and moved on. Because that's what it does. Each of the treatments that you have, radiotherapy, chemo, whatever it might be, is designed to try and hold it up. It can't, it can't be cured. I can't, I'm not stupid. I know I'm going to die. Um, it all just uh, attempts to hold it up. But at some point, the cancer will get clever and mutate and find a, and find a different way. And that day... You know, the following day after I was told I'd, I'd got those, my oncologist told me that my cancer had mutated as well. So really, probably the worst oh. like 24 hours in my medical life. And I had I had brain surgery on the Thursday morning. And with the progress in medicine today, I was out the following morning, um, sitting That's up in bed, having breakfast. And then I went to um, Wessex Cancer Trust, really, because they are absolutely superb with the advice that they can give and the, and the care. Etc. But also from my family's point of view, because you know, it's very easy to get wrapped up in um, very easy to get wrapped up in what what's happening to you. But the first thing that well, certainly for me, the first thing that happens when you hear that cancer word is it it takes away your dreams. My daughter's graduations, wedding anniversaries, weddings, children, grandchildren, yeah. that sort of thing is suddenly taken from you, and there's nothing you can do about it. So you have two choices, really. So you either sit in the corner and wait to die, or you or you fight it with everything you've got. I'm a fighter, and I'm not you going certainly down. Are. <laughs> I'm not going down easily. But I know that Wessex Cancer Trust can give me the support that I need, and give my family the support they need, so that they feel that somebody's holding their hand as well whilst I get on yeah. with the battle of fighting it. Because I'm sure that your family don't want to sort of lean on you to support them I suppose at the moment you know it's so tough because nobody yeah. wants to sort of put anything on anybody else really do they exactly it's it is a bit battle of wits at times actually because I insist on doing what I've always done so that I can use it as a gauge to know when I'm getting worse if that makes if mm-hmm. that makes sense mm-hmm. I don't want to stop doing things I don't want to be weighted on etc I know you know I still listen to my body now I know when I've done too much. I know when I need to rest. But if I if I don't push myself, then I'm just going to go backwards. I know at the moment, for example, that I'm going downhill. I'm not stupid. I recognise it, and I will continue to continue to fight it. But I'm safe in the knowledge that my family they can make a phone call at any time, and Wessex Cancer Trust are there. It's really now the whole of the Action Man campaign is to put a stop to that so that men recognize that there's a problem, go to their doctors, get it sorted, any kind of cancer, just just look for the signs. But if it's prostate in particular and you're able to catch it quickly, then the prostate can be removed and you can get on with a normal life and, and love your family. But if you leave it too late, no disaster can strike. Look, I've got to take a deep breath and just massive, massive thank you for that guy because it's such an honest insight 
And look, I just wish you all the best. Thank you. It's it's a pleasure. I, you know, now is for me is give back time. So I just mm-hmm. want men to listen to their bodies and uh, hopefully not get into the um, situation that, that I'm in. So thank you for the opportunity to, to talk to you. So that's Guy from Winchester, who's part of a campaign called Action Man. And uh, we hear so many women talking honestly about cancer. It's really yeah. rare that you hear a man being so open. Yes. And and you know what? And that's what Action Man is all about. I mean, what Guy says is, you know your own body. If you know that something has changed, if you know that something is different, you need to go and see somebody about it. And you do not let it go until they, there is something done. Don't just assume the fact that you need to go to the toilet lots in the nights because you're getting old. Uh-huh. That's the thing that I uh-huh. took from that interview. So if you want to find out a bit more, head to actionman.wessexcancer.org.uk to find out more. I have to make an apology for a friend of mine. Now, last week, you may have been in the Southampton City Centre and you may have seen something very strange. Uh, and I'm going to tell you the story of what happened. Okay. So my friend Joe lives out just past Romsey and had to uh, get into town to pick something up. Now, he's got a big Harley Davidson. I mean, a proper Harley Davidson. And if you've got a Harley Davidson, you have to have all of the kit as well, don't you? Right. So the leathers and the boots and the crash helmet and all of that stuff. So he rides his Harley Davidson into town. He's on London Road. He goes in to do something, comes back out, and his bike electrics have stopped. So he can't use his motorbike anymore, right? But he's got to be on the other side of town in, like, ten minutes. So he looked around, and he's like, oh, hang on. I can get on one of those scooters. (laughs) See? The little orange ones, the boy scooters. He goes and gets one of these, but he's in full Harley Davidson bike gear, <laughs> right? And he's going through town. There are people beeping it. <laughs> and he's like, yes, right, it's me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, normally, like, it's like, I know, a 20 year old uh, riding on one on the pavement with just shorts on, no top, and a baseball cap, not a helmet. Right? <laughs> and then there's this guy in full leathers looking slightly overdressed yeah (laughs) safety first thing i've always wondered about these harley riders if you've got the massive handlebars that come up here so your hands are almost above your head yeah yeah do you have to periodically shake them and get the blood back into them because it's it's that high (laughs) you must have to surely or maybe they've got a button that takes the handlebars down just so they can get some circulation yeah i'm back now and then i've always wondered that (laughs) southampton's podcast the So So Show. Have you heard Deliveroo are recruiting in Hedge End and Totten? Ooh. I think sky blue might be my colour. Oh, yes. You've got a bike. I like to cycle. I mean, it's just made for you, isn't it? And I reckon in Hedge End, the majority of the deliveries you'd need to do would just be Mackey's and Starbucks. Right. That's all I ever see the Uber Eats guys at. Yes. So I'm thinking maybe I could do that for the winter to get a bit of extra money and just do a morning shift. I, I can see you do. Doing it. I mean, for that five minutes that you you're not working, Simon. Yeah, those. Yeah, cover it off. <laughs> All right, you, know? you have got a point. Yeah, 
yeah, maybe I don't have. Or the maybe time. you could just go to sleep at some point. <laughs> <laughs> I think my downfall would be if I had to go to Josie's and Bishop Saltham and collect something, I'd probably be like, yeah, stick another brunch wrap in there for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that would be my downfall. That that's it, isn't it? Actually, those delivery drivers. I mean, they've got to be. They've got to be very, very strong on their diet, haven't mm. they? Well, I'm here already, so Just... I might as well get a Mexico and then take it home for myself. Oh, that's the thing. You've mentioned the <laughs> M word now. I haven't had a Mexico in too long. Of course, all the students are back this weekend, mm-hmm. so they will be absolutely, they'll be smoke coming out of the till. Yes, exactly. I've got a couple of heroes this week. Um, first of all, is the Pothole Patrol. Has anybody spotted them yet? No. The Pothole Patrol. Dan Fitzhenry was very, very proud of the Pothole Patrol. Um, one of them is called Mole. Yeah, I like it. Right. I like it. A mole, though, would suggest that they were making the holes. <laughs> I'd be slightly dubious as to what his intentions were. <laughs> but they reckon that they're going to get out there and they're going to fix all the potholes. So get involved with them tell them where the potholes are where the really bad ones are get the pothole patrol on it do they have their own hives yeah they've got to haven't they so some heroes from this week pothole patrol yeah and then this is uh two businesses that have sort of married up they've teamed up and i think it's genius what they've done Dream lashes. So this is a lash bar where you can go and have your uh, your eyelash extensions. And so you're going to be in there for sort of maybe 45 minutes an hour, something like that. They have teamed up with spotless car valeting because you can go and have your lashes done and your car gets a valet while you're in there. I could see where you were going with this, but I would never have thought car valeting would be the answer. Right. But I think it's genius again. Don't you? I thought you were going to say, well, we'll do your nails while you're in. And you get your nails done while they're doing your lashes. No, that's just too, that's just too not out there, isn't it? No. But it makes sense, right? In what way? Because you're in the salon for an hour. Okay, I'll get my car done at the same time. You're not wasting any time. You're not going to a car wash. No, but there's any one of a number of different things you could do in that hour rather than have your car valet. I totally get that, yes, it is making the most of the available time where you're not using your car because you're getting your eyelashes done. I think it's brave, (laughs) it's bold, it's original, and no one else is doing it. So, yes, they are indeed a hero. They are trailblazing. They are. Perfect. Perfect is what that is. Um, I've got loads of what's ons, but the cricket, you can give us an update on the cricket, right? Well, the cricket is we're brilliant at the moment. Are uh, we? We beat Nottinghamshire and we are now top of the table in the county championship. And Ooh. if we stay there next week when we play, I want to say Liverpool, it's not, is it? it's Lancashire, but it's in Liverpool. Yeah. So if we play there and we win, then we will be champions for the first time since 1973. Jeez. It's amazing, isn't it? Wow. So that's even longer to win than a British Grand Slam female winner. Yeah, that is. Because that was only... 77. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so we'll we'll watch out for that and we will celebrate accordingly. Hopefully. Cricket clap. Yeah. (laughs) Big news. There is Montezuma's Chocolate Shop. Have you ever heard of these? They got one in Winchester, I think. Or they might have one in Winchester. They have opened in West Key now. Nice. Where's that? Mm, I think it's down where the new flannel shop is going to go. So where New Look was, 
Yeah. Along that stretch where Waterstones is. Okay, it's been so long since I've been in West Key. When you said where the new flannel shop is, I'm thinking, <laughs> where on earth is the flannel shop? And more importantly, where was the old flannel shop? Because <laughs> I don't think I knew where that was either. Uh, we've got a music jam night. It's called Met Jam and it's at Metrics Coffee Shop. Guild I love Hall. the fact that metrics are always pushing the boundaries and doing They are, things. aren't they? And that's Sunday, 26th of September. Reclaim. This is going to be so good. This is Southampton's new city centre street festival. It's all sort of skateboarding and stunts and all sorts of stuff going on. That's Guildhall Square. That's the 25th of September. It's completely free. And it will be one of those first events where everybody can get down there. Everybody can just go and get involved and you can try all sorts of stuff out. It's called Reclaim and it's 25th of September. I hope they have an artificial wall running along one side the graffiti artists can... Yeah, nice, nice. I think there's going to be all sorts of stuff like that. Although some of them will probably only sneak in at night and do their tags for fear of people finding out who Cams actually is. (laughs) Uh, Greece is back at the Mayflower Theatre very soon. Peter Andre is uh, playing Danny Zuko. Uh, that's at the beginning of November. Mayflower, beginning of October. It's Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. If you've never seen this show, if you love a little feel-good musical, get down and see it because it's wonderful. It's just so beautiful. It's definitely one of those shows that you come out with a big smile on your face. Absolutely. Um, and then, do you remember we spoke to the So Lotto people? We did. So they have launched so that you can buy tickets. The first draw is on the 25th of September. There is thousands of pounds worth to be won. So there we go. There's lo- plenty going on, right? And Loads. the boat show continues for another few days and we- we're loving it. And the sun's come back out. Amazing. Well, as if all that wasn't enough, if you do know of an event that's happening or something that's being planned, do drop a shout via the website or our social medias because we'd love to hear from you. You can find us everywhere where you have a social platform as the SoSo Show, although I don't think we've got a TikTok yet, have we? I was leaving that to you, Simon. Really? You're the dance expert. You've heard the rumours, haven't you? (laughs) (laughs) Let's not say we did. (laughs) Thanks for listening and have a great week. And you, Simon. And you. You've been listening to Zoe Hanson and Simon Clark on Southampton's podcast, The So So Show. 